This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We're continuing our sermon series uh, through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And just a reminder, he's writing this letter from prison. He was sent to prison because he preached that nobody's better than anybody else, that both Jews and Gentiles need Jesus. And so he was handed over to the Romans by the Jews and put in a prison. And so now he's writing to his church in Ephesus and he's on his knees praying to the Father to change all of our hearts. So Ephesians chapter 3, beginning verse 14. For this reason... I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's follow up Paul's prayer with our own prayer. Lord God, I pray that you would, that you would listen to Paul's prayer that we just spoke and that you would make it our own, that we would be filled with Jesus and with his love. And we ask that you would do this work through your spirit because we can't do it on our own. And don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of your work. In your name we pray. Amen. In 1971, John Lennon released one of his most popular songs that he ever wrote. Have you heard this one? Imagine. This is one of the most well-known songs that he, he wrote. And when he was writing this song, he was not just making music. He was starting a movement. And he's honest about that. That's, that's what he says. He says, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. He says, I have this dream I have a dream, and I hope you're all going to join in with me on my dream. Everybody, join with me on my dream. And if everybody would join in on my dream, then the world will be as one. So we've been talking about in this sermon series about how we could all be one. How we could be unified as a nation, as a people, that we could all be one. And John Lennon says that he has the secret how we could all be one. And so what are some of the the values, some of the things that we have to do, according to John Lennon, to become one, to be at peace and have unity? Here's what he says. He says, you have to imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. 
No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. He goes on to say, you just have to imagine there's no religion and then imagine all the people living in peace. So John Lennon says, if we're all going to be as one, if we're going to be unified, you have to imagine a world where there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no God. <laughs> imagine that we could just live for today and how we'd be in peace. I'm not picking on John Lennon. I grew up listening to the Beatles. I grew up listening to John Lennon. But he was really putting into words a movement that started in the 1960s, a movement called postmodernism that continues to keep evolving and influencing our secular culture today. And, and what he was saying is if we could just get rid of judgment, if we could just get rid of that, and if we could just get rid of God and Christianity, then we could be one, then we could be at peace. And really for the past 50 years, we as a society have tried to make John's dreams come true. We, we've tried to kick God out of our lives. We tried to put him um, in the margins. And I say we because even the strongest among us in society or even the strongest among us here or maybe grew up in a strong Christian household, I wonder how many of us would say, you know what, we've push God a little bit more and more to the margin. How many of us are as strong in our faith as our parents or grandparents or the generations that came before us? I mean, do you ever feel yourself embarrassed maybe to talk about Christianity, to talk about what God's word says, the truth about God's word, what he says about heaven and hell, what he says about marriage, what he says about gender, what he says about creation, what he says about all these different things. Are you ever embarrassed to say those things wondering, you know, maybe that's just too close-minded. Maybe that's just too harmful. And so I think we can be honest that all of us at some level, we bought into really John Lennon's dream that if we could just move God more and more to the margins, get rid of him, we would be at peace. We would be as one. But how has that worked out for us? We've tried this for 50 years to push God out of our lives. And has it created more unity in our world? Did it create the peace that John Lennon promised? Just look back on this last year. No, we're more divided than ever. We're more secular than we've ever been, but we're more divided than we've ever been. Now, why didn't it work? Why didn't John Lennon's dream fulfill, bring us the peace and unity that he promised? Why did John Lennon's dream turn into a nightmare? Well, let's just look at that first idea. Imagine there's no heaven and no hell. Imagine there's no judgment. And we could just live for today. You know, it, it, it's such a beautiful tune. It's such calm words. It's, it, you think, well, this, this has to be good, but it's actually turned out to be very bad. And here's why. You see, if there's no God who does the judging, if there's no final judgment day, then I have to be the judge. Then I have to right all the wrongs today. And that is really what's behind this cancel culture. It's really uh, the manifestation of the riots that are happening. It's this idea that we've, we've, we've bought into that if there is no God above and there is no God who's going to judge us, then I have to bring justice today, that I have to make all the right or all the wrongs be righted today. 
And then the second idea that, that, that's in this song and it's behind this song is that, you know, we're just basically good people. And if we could get rid of this pesky religion and, and if everybody would just leave us alone and we could just live for today, then we could live at peace. That we're all basically okay people. If you just kind of got off our backs, then we would live in peace. But that's kind of a, it's a pretty naive understanding of human nature. Lately, I've been reading um, Alexander Shultzenitsyn's book, The Gulag Archipelago. Uh, he's a, a Christian philosopher that was part of, um, he was a prisoner of war under Stalin's communism in the Soviet Union. And, and Stalin's dream, this communistic dream, is that, you know, if we could just get rid of all the bad people and then we could make our own utopia, everything would, would be okay. And so he started getting rid of all the people that didn't agree with him until he had killed 40 million people. He made Hitler look like an amateur. And, and Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he explained why the communist idea would never work. He explained why the secular idea that humans are basically okay on their own would never work. And this is what he writes. He says, If only it were all so simple. If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds. And it were necessarily only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? You see, that's why John Lennon's dream turned into today's nightmare. Because it had never addressed the real problem, the human heart. The reason we have so much division and problems is not because of those people out there. It's because of the human heart. And so we're going to go back to the Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We're continuing our sermon series called United in Jesus We Trust. And we've been looking at Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And in this letter, when you read the letter in total, you see that Paul has this dream of unity. This letter is all about unity. He says it over and over again that we're one faith and one church and one baptism. He's all about unity. He has this dream that Jesus will unite all things in heaven and on earth. And so he has the same dream that John Lennon had, except he's got a very different route to get there. And so let's join Paul. He is, we find him in a Roman prison cell. And I mentioned to you the context that, that, that got him there. He says, I am in prison for the sake of the Gentiles. He preached uh, this message that Jews and Gentiles were sinful and they needed Jesus, equally needed Jesus. And the only way to the Father was through Jesus, no matter what your nationality was. And that's what got him thrown into prison. It, it led the Jews to hand him over to the Romans. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 21. So that's where we find Paul. He's in a Roman a prison cell and he's writing to the, his church that he started in Ephesus. And, and he wants us to picture him. He's, he's on his knees praying to his heavenly father. Here it is, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the father. 
from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. So Paul is kneeling in his his cold prison cell and he's praying to the Father and he says, the Father from whom every family derives his name. Paul believes that it's not like, you know, this God is my God and you you have your God and your idea, different strokes for different folks. This is my truth, this is your truth. No, he believes that there is one God and Father over all families of all nations. And the only way we're going to be completely unified is if we go to the one God and Father through the one Jesus Christ. And so he's praying to that one God and Father, the Father of all nations, of all races, of all countries, of all backgrounds. And this is his prayer. And he's got this two-point prayer. And he believes that if God would answer this prayer, this is the secret to unity because this prayer doesn't just deal with the problems out there. It deals with the problem in the human heart, the problem on the inside. So here's the first part of the prayer. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So he's praying that, that God would strengthen us in, inside because that's where the problem is, right? Strengthen us on the inside. And why do we need to be strong on the inside? Not just so... Um, that we can stand up to persecution or that we can stand up to suffering. He wants us to be strengthened on the inside so that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. I, I read one translation that said, Christ is another, way for, another term for the anointed one or the king. So you could also translate this, so that the king would make your heart his home. And it makes me think about something that happened a, a, a couple weeks ago. I was quarantined at home because, of, uh, because I was exposed to COVID. I was fine, I didn't have any symptoms, but I was at home. And so we did some home projects. And one thing we knew we had to do was upgrade our daughter Annie's bed. She had this rickety metal bed that, that she was growing out of, and it was finally time to upgrade. And so we painted a room and got her a bed that she could actually fit in. We, we prepared the room so that she could dwell in a room that fit her. And that's what Paul is praying for. He's praying that our heart would become big and strong and it would be a welcome place for Jesus to come in. Now, every Christian has Jesus dwelling in their heart, but Paul wants us to understand that for many of us, we just make Jesus a small part of our lives. Instead of having a full-size bed for Jesus to come in and take up residence in our heart, we still have a crib in there for him. It's like we we like to have a a Christmas faith, a a baby Jesus faith, not an adult Jesus faith. It makes me think of of that movie. Now, I hope this isn't blasphemous, but um, that movie Talladega Nights with uh, Will Ferrell and he's a NASCAR driver and he prays around his kitchen table with his family. He prays to sweet baby Jesus. He only wants to pray to sweet baby Jesus because he doesn't want adult Jesus with, with all that talk of sin and judgment and having a cross and and Easter Jesus. And I think for many of us, sometimes we just want Christmas baby Jesus and we don't want to be confronted with adult Jesus, the one who tells us about sin and our need for a savior, the one who has to die and be raised to life, the one who talks about real, the real issues. That's what Paul's praying for. Paul's saying, I pray that you'd be strengthened, that your heart would grow so that the adult Jesus, the real Jesus could dwell in your heart through faith. 
because that's where the problem is. And if Jesus would dwell in our hearts, we're on our way to unity. We're on our way to peace. That's point one. The second part of his prayer, he says this. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Paul prays that we would be able to grasp the incomprehensible, that we would know the incomprehensible, something that's beyond knowledge, God's love. Trying to grasp God's love is like standing in front of the ocean and trying to comprehend how big the ocean is and how deep the Have you ever stood by the ocean and, and tried to grasp or, or understand or, or, or acknowledge how deep it is, how big it is, how long it is? That's what it's like trying to understand and comprehend the love of God, the plan that God had to send his son to rescue us and to resurrect this world. Trying to comprehend God's love is like staring up at the stars at night and, and trying to grasp and, and, and comprehend how many there are. I, I remember being a young child and going on a walk at night with my mom and, and she said um, to our whole family, you know, anyone who can count the stars by the end of our walk, you know, I'll take them out to Dairy Queen. And I remember thinking, okay, here we go. One, two, three. Come to find out that there are more stars in the sky than all the sand on all the seashores. It's incomprehensible. And that's what it's like trying to comprehend God's love. And so Paul tells us that he prays that we would have power together with all the Lord's holy people as if we need a church, we need a congregation, we need fellow Christians to help remind us how big God's love is, to give us a, a big enough perspective. You cannot grasp God's love on your own. We need the church to help us out. We need other Christians to help us grasp how big God's love really is. And why do we need that? So that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That if we could grasp God's love, then we would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Kind of like a balloon uh, being filled up and, and taking up more and more space that, that when you grasp God's love, Jesus takes up more and more room in your heart and all of the, the evil and the selfishness and the wickedness and the sadness and the anxiety uh, gets pushed more and more to the margin. You know, our sinful nature, our sinful heart will never go away. But as Jesus becomes bigger in our heart, that we have a bigger Jesus in our heart, all that other stuff gets pushed more and more to the margins. And Paul says, when we do this, then we'll be as one. See, John Lennon, he had this dream that we could be as one. He saw the problem in the world. He saw that we were divided and he saw the pain and suffering. He saw that we weren't at peace. And he th thought, well, we need less God, less religion, less Jesus, less spiritual things. And if we could have less of that, then we'd have more unity and peace. Paul says the opposite. We need more Jesus so we could have more unity and more peace. Remember last week, Pastor Bill held up that, that sign. He said, no Jesus, no unity, no Jesus, no peace. I'm saying something very similar this week. More Jesus, more unity, more peace. We need more of him, not less of him. And I know that might sound arrogant, this idea that, that we all need Jesus. We need more of him and he's the only way for real peace. 
I know that might sound arrogant, but, but let me give you a couple reasons why I don't think that's arrogant. Well, first of all, I think it's true. I think Jesus is historically true, scientifically true. Um, I, I think the, the Bible is absolutely true. He proved it by being raised from the dead. And so it's true. And the truth sets us free. But not only is Jesus true, he's good. He's good. You see, Christianity is the only faith that says, you know what? Before I can take that speck out of your eye and judge you, I got to take the plank out of my own eye and judge myself. Christianity is the only faith that says, you know what? All that evil and wickedness that I can find in my enemy, I can find in my own heart too. Christianity is the only faith that says, you know what? I want you to know the good news that God loves you, but I will never force it on you because only the Holy Spirit can lead you to believe this. So I'm not going to legislate you into this faith. I'm not going to force you into this faith, but I want you to know how big God's love is for you. So the message of Christianity is the only one that can give real unity and peace because it's true. And it's the only one that starts from a place of humility that I need this grace as much as everybody else. And so I want to encourage all of us to put Paul's prayer into practice. Pray. Pray that, that big Jesus would take up a lot of room in your heart, that, he, that the king would make your heart his home. Pray that you would gather with other Christians. I mean, either on that YouVersion Bible app, we're all reading the Bible together. Let's keep encouraging each other to how big God's love is. Or in your life group, get into a life group and get with other Christians so that you can help each other grasp how big God's love really is, that you'd be filled to the fullness of God. And I believe that the more and more Christians there are and the more and more that we have Jesus, the more Jesus we have, the more unity and the more peace. So I know what Paul prays is a big, big prayer. It's a huge prayer. It seems to be a prayer that, that almost couldn't be answered. And Paul understands that. And that's why he ends this section with this. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To the one who could do more than even John Lennon could imagine, than any of us could imagine, the one who's at work within us, to him be glory and power forever. And so I want you to imagine, imagine there is a heaven and a hell and Jesus came to this earth with us to dwell. Imagine if his love would make us one. Imagine how our worship would never be done. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our King, our true King, I pray that you would make our heart your home, that you would confront us with our sin, that you would heal us with your forgiveness, and that you would put people in our lives to help us grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is your love. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast. Brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, 
go to victoryofthelamb.com.